0: I am a little bit tired this morning. Um, me and some of the youth team you might have seen on Instagram stories yesterday. We went down to Hillsong London um, to a conference called Innovation Conference, um, which is for youth leaders and young adult leaders. We had an incredible time. And we are really inspired, fired up, and ready to serve you guys and help you guys follow Jesus closer as well. Um, and uh, this morning, I am carrying on our armed and dangerous series. Our heart behind this series is that we want to arm you and equip you with the stuff that we think that you need in order to be dangerous for God. And um, I think what's interesting is, is we're an impatient generation. We live in an impatient culture. I am not a very patient person. And I think most of you are like me. I think we are all impatient in some way or another in this room, and I'm going to prove it to you by show of hands, okay? Put your hand up if you have ever watched live TV late, so you can fast forward through the adverts. Absolutely. Okay, put your hand up if you have ever thrown your phone or tablet at a pillow, obviously, because something was slow to load. hate that buffer circle. It's so annoying, isn't it? Have you ever got annoyed when you've gone with your family or, or, or some friends to McDonald's drive-thru and they go, oh, can you please just park in the bay and we'll bring your food out to you? Drives me insane. I'm like, I came here for drive-thru. I'm not, I didn't come here for drive-thru. Park. i and wait 20 minutes for you to come out and then my food will be cold. I um, told you I'm impatient. Um, have you ever got frustrated after a meal when you've gone for a meal out and the bill has been paid and you stay sat at the table. Does that drive anyone mad? Honestly, when me and Laura go out for food, they'll, they'll come and collect the paid. So is everything okay with your meal set? Yeah, yeah, can I have the bill now, please? I want to pay. And I'm like getting my card out as I finish my meal. I'm so impatient. And final one, put your hand up if you have secretly plotted to kill someone because they walk too slow in front of you in a shopping centre. Honestly, I've, I've been to Mary Hill and nearly committed genocide. Like, it's been awful. We are an impatient generation. We're a now culture. We want things now. We make a decision and we go, I want it now. I want, I, I want to watch this video now. We no longer wait for movies. We watch them on Netflix. We used to have to wait. When I was growing up, you used to have to wait to see if a film came on BBC One or on ITV. You'd look forward to Christmas time because there'd be loads of movies on. Now, we just load up Netflix and watch it. And, and we can watch Netflix whenever we want. We can pause a movie. We can pause live TV. It's ridiculous. And it can be so hard as a Christian because... When when you make a decision as a Christian, you know some of you guys are Christians here and are are trying to follow Jesus. And sometimes you make a commitment and you say, "God, I'm going to follow you. I want to tell my friends about you. I want to make a difference for you. I want to I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm going to I'm going to stop doing that." And we almost want it to be a download, and you're almost like an app. You download it and you apply it to your life, and you're like, "Boom! I am suddenly now really patient." And like we want to download this stuff and we go, okay, God, God, I wanna, I wanna be really good at inviting my friends to church. And we think, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask God to help me with that, and we want it downloaded and we want it instantly. But it doesn't work like that. And I think the topic that I want to talk to you about this morning, and the thing that I want to arm you with in order to be dangerous for God is endurance. Turn to the person next to you and say, endurance. Turn to the other person who was your second option and say, Endurance. Endurance. I think endurance is underrated in our culture. I think so often we say, We want to do something good for God. We want to do something in our life, but we don't endure stuff. We don't know how to have endurance. And you know, if you are not a Christian, um, I think you still need endurance. In your life. In fact, uh, there was a recent survey done uh, by uh, someone called Laura Hancock and Youth for Christ, um, and it found that 76% of Generation Z, which means anybody who's under the age of 18, if you're under the age of 18, give me a wave. Jack, put your hand down, you're an old man. Okay, so 76% of people under 18 want to feel that they have achieved something that matters. 76% of of people your age want to feel like they have achieved something in their life that matters. And if you want to achieve something that matters in your life, you need endurance. You know, Thomas Edison, what did Thomas Edison invent? The light bulb. By the way, how cool is our new set? Jack likes it, no one else. So Thomas Edison invented these things, the light bulb. Do you know he had over a thousand attempts at creating the light bulb before he got it right? A thousand. I'd have given up a five hundred. I'd have been like, do you know what let's just let's invent a Hoover or something else, something a bit easier. Like he had a thousand attempts at creating the light bulb. Do you know Walt Disney, the inventor of Disney and Disney World and Disneyland um, and so many films, he was fired from a newspaper as a teenager because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Michael Jordan, who um, is the greatest ever basketball player, um, an inventor of so many good trainers, um, he was caught from his high school basketball team. And Michael Jordan said, I've failed over and over again in my life. That is why I succeed. You see, we have got to have and build endurance in our lives. And I want to look at a Bible passage um, from Acts. We're looking at stories um, in Acts throughout this series because the book of Acts is full of normal people like you and me who are dangerous for God. And I think if we can learn lessons from these guys in the book of Acts who are normal people, if we can equip ourselves with the things that they equip themselves with, then we can go and be dangerous for God as well. And we're going to look at a story in Acts 14 and I'm going to give you a bit of background. This is in Paul and Barnabas, and they're preaching in a city called Lystra. Everyone say Lystra. Lystra. And Paul prays for a guy, he prays for someone, and this guy gets healed. And everyone's thinking, oh, this is amazing, this guy has got healed. But then everyone gets the wrong idea and starts to think that Paul and Barnabas are some sort of gods okay? And they're like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Let's bow down and worship Paul and Barnabas. You're so amazing. And they start worshiping Paul and Barnabas. But then they, Paul and Barnabas, they get up and they're like, boys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, cats and dogs, you have all got this wrong. We are not the gods. We serve the one true God. And then everybody kicks off. It all goes pear shape And um, the opposition turn up, some people turn up, who didn't like Paul and Barnabas and didn't like what they were preaching and convinced the whole city to turn against Paul and Barnabas. And Paul and Barnabas kept themselves in a little bit of a mess. And we're going to pick it up in Acts 14 verse 19. And it says this, then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered round him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derb. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, the place where they got stoned, Iconium and Antioch, which were the places where the enemies came from. They returned to those cities, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. So, Paul and Barnabas, amazing, someone gets healed. Oh, no, they all think we're a God, not good. And then, you know, uh, we we get an opportunity to preach the gospel. Oh, no, they're going to kill us. We're getting getting stoned, not stoned as in smoking weed, stoned as in stones thrown at them. And then they're like, oh, we're nearly dead. And then the disciples gather around them. They go back into the city. If you don't get this Bible passage and you don't get that summary, I'm going to sum up the, video, the, um, the story in a video. Turn your eyes to the screen. This is that passage summed up in a video. Uh, this is my favorite video of all time. I watched this in, on my own. And I was like chuckling away. I was in in a a coffee shop on my own and I was like laughing away. I watched it about 10 times. You see, the thing is, is that kid knew what it meant to have endurance. He got knocked off and he'd get up again and he'd get knocked down and he'd get up again. And that's what Paul and Barnabas did. They they got knocked down after knocked down and they kept getting back up because they knew that in order to be dangerous for God, they had to be um, armed with endurance. I want to to give you four points this morning to help you arm yourself with endurance. I'm going to pull them out of the passage um, that we looked at. And the first point is this. Have the right people around you. You see, it says earlier in the passage in verse 20, it says, after the disciples had gathered round him. You see, Paul was beaten up. He was nearly dead. And the disciples gathered round him. What do you think they did when they gathered around him? Gave him a bit of first aid, helped him up, looked after him, encouraged him, prayed for him. He had a group of mates that gathered around him when he was at his lowest at the point of death. He had a group of mates that gathered around him and stood with him. You know, if you come to Cruise, we do, we've not long finished the squad goal series. And in the squad goal series, we said it is impossible to live the right life for God with the wrong friends. Guys, if you want to be dangerous for God, you need to have the right people around you. That when you're beat up, when you're fed up, when you're at the point of losing hope, you have a group of friends around you. that put their arm around you, look after you, and they pray for you. And they say, come on, we can do this together. Do you know, I've quit this job plenty of times. I've been youth pastor here for, for over five years. I have quit at least once a year. Now, I've never written out my resignation letter. I've never gone to Leon and said, Leon, I need to leave, I'm going. But I've quit several times because it is hard work being dangerous for God. And sometimes I go home after a Friday night or a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning and I sit on my sofa and I think I'm not sure how long I can do this for. In fact, one night I felt like giving up and felt like quitting was the night that we launched Cruise in what was resound because those of you who were there will remember that it didn't go down too well and um, it was kind of like a bomb went off and everybody got upset and I'm stood there going I don't think this is the right thing anymore and I, I met with the team everybody went home and, and, and the team we, we gathered around and we, we began to unpack what had happened and I thought maybe cruise is the wrong thing maybe I've got this wrong maybe I need to go and I was starting to feel sorry for myself but, you know, I'm really grateful for a great group of people that can gather around me. And I'm grateful for the, for the youth team, that they could gather around me and encourage me. I'm grateful for the staff team. Do you know, you guys might not, not know some of the staff, um, some of the senior members of the staff of this church. You might not know Leon, who's our senior pastor that well. You might not know any of the elders. But they stood with me in a time when I felt like giving up and felt like I wasn't sure it was the right thing anymore. They gathered around me and they encouraged me i need those people in my life and if you are going to be dangerous for god you need the right people around you i genuinely could not do this job without the support of the youth team they are incredible and i know i tell you that an awful lot i literally couldn't do my job because it would be inappropriate for me to be on my own with all of you guys here um, but spiritually and emotionally i could not do this job without the support of the youth team they are incredible people who gather around me and support me um, as we serve you guys together have the right group of people around you Hebrews 10 verse 24 says let us consider how we may spare one another on to love and good deeds you know if you're a Christian and you're trying to follow Jesus when we gather together let's be encouraging let's look out for each other you know, when, we, when you guys go to school, it's a hard place to go to school and be a teenager. Let's, let, let's have this place, a safe place, where we gather around each other, where, the, where we encourage each other, where we spare one another to good works, where we encourage each other and challenge each other and look after each other. We need each other to pick us up when we're down. So point number one, have the right people around you. Point number two, be determined you see Paul has as all the disciples come around him he's at the point of death and it says the disciples gathered around him then he got up and the next day he went back into the city he got knocked down and he got back up again you know if we are going to have endurance we have to be willing to um, have the courage to get back to what we need to do see Paul knew he needed to go and speak God's truth in the city And he was determined to go and do that. You know, I heard a story. um, It's about 10 years old now, um, but I think it's a really relevant story. And it's a true story of um, two girls who went uh, to a summer festival, kind of like Soul Survivor. And um, at Soul Survivor, they felt like God, um, sorry, at this festival, they felt like God spoke to them and said, God spoke to them and said, I want you to go back to your school and set up a Christian union. I want you to uh, set up a place where, where young people um, and students who are in your school who are Christians can gather, you can encourage each other, and um, pray together, read the Bible, teach each other, um, and um, I really want you to do that is what they felt God say to them. So the summer festival finished. Um, they prayed together that on the first day back at school in September, they went to the head teacher of their school and they knocked on the door, head teacher let them in and they said, "Sir, we, we really feel like we'd like to set up a Christian union. and um, We really want to do this. We, we're excited. We want to gather anybody who's a Christian. We want to be able to tell people about Jesus. We want to pray together. We want to look out for each other. We want to support each other. Say, we'll do all the hard work. All we need is your permission and a room to do that. And the teacher said, girls, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm sorry. And the two girls began to walk out of the office. And as they were walking, one of the girls began to turn around, and the other girl's like, what are you doing? And the girl said, sir, over the summer, we heard about a God that can move mountains, and we really believe that God has spoken to us about having a Christian union in our school. And she said, so, sir, here's what we're going to do. We are going to pray that you change your mind, but we're also going to pray that if you refuse to change your mind, that you leave your job. Who says that to a head teacher? And the other girl is like, what are you doing? I think early said, said, that's what we're going to do. And they left the office. And every day they prayed together. Every lunchtime they prayed and said, God, would you change his mind or make him leave? God, would you change his mind or make him leave? And at the end, they did a whole academic year of praying every day that he would change his mind or that he would leave. And on the last day of school, the head teacher got up in their assembly and said, Boys and girls, I regret to announce that I'm going to be leaving my position as head teacher today. And the two girls are like, So the girls get really excited. They pray all through summer. They're excited. They go back to the summer festival. They come back on the first day in September. There's a new headmistress announced. As uh, the new headmistress, and uh, they go on the first day back in September. They go into the office, they knock on the door, and they say, "Miss, we really would like to set up a Christian union. We want to gather Christians who know each other. We want to we want to pray together. We want to share our faith. We want to encourage each other. We'll do all the hard work. Please just give us a room and give us the permission." And the headmistress said, "I don't think that's a good idea. I'm not going to let that happen." And the two girls are getting started walking out, and the one's grabbing the other one, going, "Don't you flip and dare say that again!" And the girl turned around and said, Miss, we believe in a God who moves mountains. And we're going to pray that you change your mind. And if you don't change your mind, we're going to pray that you leave. And we did that for the last guy and he's just left. We'll see you later. And they walked out. And the two girls pray every day, every day, every day. And at the last assembly before Christmas, they get up and the headmistress says, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'd like to announce that I'm pregnant and I'm going to be going on maternity leave and there will be a new acting headmaster in January. And the girls are like, this is the best Christmas present ever. And over Christmas, they're gathering, they're praying, they're praying, they're praying. And they come in on the first day in January and they go and see the new acting head teacher and they say, Sir, we would really like to set up a CU. We want to gather Christians. We want to pray together. We want to encourage each other. We will do all of the hard work. Just give us the permission and give us a room. And the head teacher said, Girls, I think that's a fantastic idea. I'm a Christian and I would love to see that happen in our school. The girls got knocked down and they got back up again. They had the determination that God had called them to something and they kept at it. After knockdown, after knockdown, after knockdown, they got back up and they were determined. How many times have we given up on stuff that we feel God has said to us and we give up on it after the first attempt? How many times have we given up on something because our feelings got hurt, because we felt insecure? We have got to be determined to live out the things that God is calling us to do in our lives. That's how you be dangerous from God, for God. That is how you build endurance in your life. You know, you might have friends or family that you have invited to church and they've said no. Ask them again. Don't keep asking them, will you come to church? No, will you come to church? No, will you come to church? No. No. But keep praying for them and look for the opportunities. Do you know there's a couple upstairs in with the adults who are, have only been Christians 18 months? They became Christians at last year's Christmas event. You know, their two best friends had been praying for them for 25 years. And last Christmas, they eventually said yes to the invite. For 25 years, they prayed and they invited. Guys, have the determination. Be determined. Keep inviting. Even if your friends say no, keep inviting them. Look for those opportunities to invite them. Be determined, like Paul was. Point number three: take the next step. You see, Paul and Barnabas—they go back into the city. They're determined. They go back into the city, but they realise that there's a little, there's a little bit of um, opposition to what they, what they want to do. And they decided that it might be better for them to go to a different city and then come back to that later. They they saw that there was a little more that they could do for now. So they went on to the next city. But then they returned and encouraged the church. You see, the way to build endurance is to take the next step. Uh, I could do 100 press-ups. I can't do it now. But I could guarantee that if in 100 days you came back to me, I could do 100 press-ups. Do you know how I can guarantee that? Because today, I'll do one press-up. Then tomorrow, I'll do two press-ups. Then the next day, I'll do three. And the day after that, I'll do four. And eventually, in 100 days, I will be able to do 100 press-ups. Guarantee it. Because I've got to take the next step. Um, Dan, where are you, Dan Murphy? Can you come and join me? We're going to have a little bit of fun uh, with Dan. Um, Dan is a... F- Who agrees that Dan's an amazing worship leader? Woo! <laughs> He is, he is great at what he does. Dan, could you pick up your guitar for me, please? Um, Dan, just uh, show us the first chord that you ever learned. It's beautiful. What chord is that? C. C. Can we have Dan's microphone on? That is a C. Okay, and what was the second chord that you ever learned? Nice. What's that? It's an F something. Okay. Can you play us something using C and F? <laughs> nice. Nice, Dan. Okay, Dan. Hey, what was the first song that you learnt to play on the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be... Anyone know this song? I can feel the inside running around my mind Brilliant, Dan. Dan, stay there. Um, Dan, tell me, um, the first time you led worship, how did you feel? How old were you when you first led worship? When I first led... Into the microphone. Sorry, when I first led worship when I was involved. Worship. Well, tell us the first time you were involved in worship. I was um, fourteen. Okay. And what did you do? Um, I so I would started playing guitar, because I was in a, a church of about thirty people, and people they needed people to be in the worship team. I'd been playing for like two months, so they were like, "Dan, you're going to be in the youth band," and I could barely put two chords together. So. Uh, and were yeah. you leading, or were you? A th- I wasn't leading then, though. Okay. No. And then the first time you led a song, um, I f- go on. I was 15 when the first time I led a song. Okay. Well, can you remember the first song it was that you led? Um, I'm pretty sure it was something pretty old school. Uh, some of you might know. But... Uh, Blessed be nice. your name. I don't lead that song anymore. I <laughs> can't remember the words. Okay, Dan. So, so that was the first worship song that you ever led. Yeah. And then since then, so that was 15, you first led that song. You're now 35, is that right? <laughs> what do you guys think? None of them were 35, so it's fine. Okay. So, so now you, you're a bit older, um, and you've got a bit more experience. You, you've led uh, events, you lead here. Um, you're doing a phenomenal job of um, kind of engaging us in worship and leading us in worship. Dan, why don't you um, sing a, a little song for us that, that you want to lead us into, like a new song that, we, that we wanna, you want to do with us um, maybe in the next few months. Can you do that for us? I'm lifting you higher, higher There's nothing that I'd rather do A sweet elevation of praises There's no one Before the kind of love that I cannot find on my own. I've seen the world, but I have never been so sure. But I want your heart. God, I just wanna be where you are. Brilliant. Thank you, Dan. Dan, you can put your guitar down. Let's give Dan a round of applause. So the thing is, is Dan is able to lead us into in worship. And Dan is able to lead us into singing a new song and able to lead us forward because he's taken the next step. You see, when he was 14, he wouldn't have been able to do that. If I'd have said when, to Dan when he was 14 and I was 12, um, we'd have, we, I'd have said to him, Dan, can you lead where you are and, and teach teach a bunch of uh, young people that new song? He wouldn't have been able to do it. But he's, it's been a journey of steps. You see, he learned one chord. Then he learned another chord. Then he learned to put them together to make a song. Then he learned to play as part of a band. Then learned to lead. And then learned to experience of leading a band and being a front man for that. And then he learns to, to lead a youth band. He's taken the next step. And, you know, if we want to be build endurance and we want to be dangerous for God, we have to take the next step. And that doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are on that journey some of you have never said to your friends that you go to church. Maybe the next step is you tell them one friend that you go to church. You see, if you've never told your friends that you go to church, it is a massive jump to go invite your friends to church if you've never told them that you come. Okay, I'm not expecting you to go from I've never told anybody that I'm a Christian and I go to church to standing up in the middle of your lunch room at school and telling everybody about Jesus. That is a huge leap. Loads of you are like, I'm never going to do that. Um, You've got to take the next step. See, I remember the first time that I put my hands up in worship. I remember the first time that I prayed out loud. That was a huge step. I remember the first time that I spoke and told somebody that I followed Jesus. I remember the first time I invited somebody to something. I remember the first time that I shared my story about what God had done in my life. I remember the first time I preached in a church. I was 16. We had a youth service. There was about 40 people there, and I preached. It was in 2002, the day Brazil won the World Cup, and I spoke and shared. It was the first time I'd ever done it. And now, I couldn't do what I do now if I hadn't have taken those steps. And I think that I'm being dangerous for God, but I want to be even more dangerous for God. And all I can do is take the next step that's in front of me. And if you want to build endurance, if you want to be able to do a thousand, a hundred press-ups, or a thousand, you've got to take the next step. And it starts with doing what you need to do today so that you can do what you need to do tomorrow. You've got to build endurance by doing what you can and taking the next step. The final point, point number four, expect failure. Paul says to the Christians in the cities where there's been opposition, in the cities where they've been nearly killed, he says to all the guys in the church, he says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. You see, they understand the hard times and opposition, Is coming. Jesus said it himself. He said, In this world you will have trouble. And I think as a culture, we're terrified of failure. We're terrified of getting it wrong. Because we live in a world that is is filtered and edited to perfection. We have apps that we can make sure that our pictures look perfect and we post on social media the highlights of our life and we and we delete pictures that don't get enough likes because we're terrified of failure and we're worried about getting it wrong and I want to tell you guys that in order to be dangerous for God and to be to make a difference and do stuff that matters you have to be willing to get it wrong we cannot fear failure just because we fail it doesn't make us a failure we have to be willing to fail if we want to be people who endure you know I want to be honest with you, if you decide to be dangerous for God, and you decide that you want to make a difference in this world, I want to tell you some things that might happen. What might happen is your friends might turn your back on you because you're a Christian. You might not get invited to parties or events. People will misjudge you. People will hurt you, even when you're trying to do the right thing. You will get hurt things will go wrong. When you invite people, they probably will say no. We have to expect failure. We will be foolish. I would not I would be doing you a disservice if I said, if you try and be dangerous for God, it'll all go right and it'll all go perfect. We don't live in that world. If we want to be dangerous for God, we have to expect failure. You see, the times I've grown the most is when it's been the most painful. The times that I've wanted to quit the most are the times where God has done the most in me. And, you know, we don't do this on our own. God promises that he goes before us, that he goes with us, that he loves us, that he protects us, that he is for us. We have to be willing to expect failure, but trust that God is in control and trust that God is doing what he promised to do. You see, Paul and Barnabas knew to expect failure. They knew that it would go wrong, but they were determined they had endurance. You see, guys, if we want to be dangerous for God, then we've got to have endurance. We've got to be determined. We've got to take the next step. We've got to expect failure, and we've got to have the right people around us. Band, if you could make your way back to stage, that would be great. Um, It would be easy for me to do a response now and say, so who wants to be dangerous for God? Who wants to go out there and endure? Who wants to stand up for God when it's hard? Who wants to do that? And I could do that, and, and some of you will probably go, yeah, I'm in. I'm all in for that. I'm all up for that. Yeah, God, I want to do that. And you, you, you'd be willing to stand up and say, I want to endure. And I want to do this. And I want to go for it. And I want to be dangerous for God. But I'm not going to do that. Because as I was preparing this and as I was um, going through it and writing and praying about this, I felt like there's some people in the room that need a download of Endurance today that you feel like you're on the verge of giving up. Do you know I've been there? And I'm sure I'll be there again. It's not a great place to be. But that's where God wants to meet us. I think some of you are on the verge of giving up on the hopes and dreams that you've got for your life. Some of you are on the verge of giving up on God. God wants to meet with you this morning. Some of you feel overwhelmed with with, uh, anxiety, with worry, and you feel like giving up. And God wants to meet with you today. So I'll invite everybody to stand up. And I wonder if you'd just close your eyes. And we're going to respond in a a different way to what we've done at Threads Basement in the past. I'm going to invite you to make your way to the front if you know that you need to respond to this. And the team are going to be around to to pray with you because we we want to be people who, who gather around you and support you and pray for you. So if that's you and you need a download of Endurance, today, if you need to meet with God because you feel like giving up, then I'd like you to make your way down to the front now. Do it now. Don't be shy. Don't miss out on what God's got for you this morning. Great. That's really brave. Guys, spread, spread out because the the youth team are going to come and pray for you. youth team, if you can start to make your way. If you're 17 or 18 and you'd be willing to come and pray for somebody, please do come and help us out. Remember, boys pray for boys and girls pray for girls. just want leaders to be praying this morning okay that's why i've brought people out to the front okay. okay so guys spread out this is about you meeting with god this isn't about you meeting with your friends and you you um, you hugging each other this is about meeting with god for you okay and what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song together and this is about holding on to the cross and holding on to Jesus when we feel like giving up we hold on to God and the youth team are going to make their way around and um, once you've been prayed for you can return to your seats if you haven't been prayed for yet um uh, just wait and a member of the youth team will come and pray for you so guys we're going to sing together so if you're not responding let's sing and let's worship